You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. what she said i hope you're having the dreamiest monday ever and i hope i am too (laughs) it's a weird way to start an episode anyway this week i chat to the awesome charlie swift she is a freelance digital marketing specialist living in bristol and she's just had a baby not so long ago when i talked to her she was uh, she just started maternity leave and she was a couple of weeks before her due date, I think. So she was in that really crazy time um, where you're just sort of waiting for your whole life to change. <laughs> she went freelance, um, I think she's probably been freelance for just over a year now. And um, it, uh, we had a really, really awesome and interesting and honest chat about what it, what it's really like to go freelance, maybe even before you're ready to go freelance. Um, because she's carved out a really awesome career working with small businesses and brands um, on kind of creative digital marketing and she's so she's just so lovely she's so sweet Um, and I think it'd be a really great episode for anybody who is looking to start their creative business or go freelance and wants to know what it's really really like enjoy the show welcome to the podcast hi how are you (laughs) yeah good Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of it. Um, I should say for the listeners that Charlie is pregnant and she is waiting for her little one to arrive. So she's being a massive trooper, agreeing to come <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> so for anyone yeah. who doesn't know who you are, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us about your blogging journey so far? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Charlie Swift. Um, that's where you'll find me in most places online. Um my blogging journey is kind of uh I was I knew you were gonna ask that, so I um, went back to have a look because I couldn't really remember. <laughs> but, um, I actually started blogging way back in twenty twelve. Um and my first blog was like it's uh, not one that I'm still blogging on anymore. It was a sort of I think originally very much into I was really into the vintage um vintage clothes and vintage style so it was very much that was the original idea um I think was uh, sort of I was inspired by those sort of bloggers at the time um so I started that but I think it very quickly just became a general lifestyle blogging sort of thing um but it was never something I sort of I've never done it particularly like professionally or been a pro blogger it's always been more of a hobby and it's always sort of been something that's um just been a part of my life but yeah not been a uh sort of uh like it's led me to my career as sort of social media which I'm doing now but uh yeah it's sort of uh never been the first and foremost thing it's always sort of been like a nice thing that's been going on in the background really so what so yeah so your main job I guess is in digital marketing and you're freelance aren't you and you've just so you're a year freelance is that right yeah 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 so I am so I became freelance uh yeah like last September Mm -hmm. um so just so 
yeah um and yeah i think before that i was i became into digital marketing so basically yeah blogging sort of was a hobby that then very much led to a passion for doing it as my job but the sort of everything came with it so the sort of social media and the digital marketing side mm. of it at the time around the time I sort of got interested in it on a personal level I was working for a small uh, smoothie company mm-hmm. so at the time I um, sort of was very I think uh, our main sort of competitor would have been innocent yeah. and I think I was very obviously inspired by what they were doing in the market um and I think it was really around that point that I became uh very aware that like how a business could use sort of social media and digital marketing and um obviously they were such like innovators at that time I think it wasn't really like many other businesses they had such a clear voice and Mm. such a clear um yeah like brand identity and I think um because I was in that industry it certainly was something that I started really picking up on and and trying to work into my job I was working for quite a small company and I had quite a lot of free reign to sort of just make the online presence what I wanted it to be sort Mm -hmm. of just really play around it um yeah so that's kind of really how I started getting into it so were you in marketing anyway and then you just it was you know it was just a sort of small role uh, at the company it was just a small company and I was like an office man uh, there but there was only like three of us so I had very much sort of um the opportunity to almost sort of start carving that out and yeah. that was sort of where my interest became um yeah most apparent was just like not the day-to-day task but the really like how we could connect with the community um as it was a fair trade company so I sort of started I think I must have um started with the social media channels and um I really sort of rebranded the website and I just sort of made it very able to sort of make it a little bit of my personal project Uh Um, and from there I sort of realised that I really wanted a career in that sort of side of things so um, yeah from there I then uh, had a couple of different jobs with uh, digital agencies Uh so I really got experience with yeah with a a few different agencies um, for a couple of years um, and before getting made redundant Oh, and that's when I started working for myself. Yeah. And how's it been? How have you found it? Has it has it made you kind of take it back to your blog? So you obviously like your blog kick started this passion or it all happened kind of around the same time. And I yeah. guess your blog has been a bit of a training ground as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. For your yeah. freelance I, career. Yeah, I think it just was always a way in so I think because I was doing it sort of very much self-taught and Mm. everything came with it when I left the um sort of the company I was working for to try and find a career more in digital marketing my blog was always something that I used as a sort of uh kind of just as that experience really because I hadn't had the experience as much in a role it had just been very much like I said sort of self-taught and I didn't do any particular training I don't know if anyone really did back then obviously Mm. going back sort of I don't know seven eight years ago I guess there were some people starting to do it was also new anyway so I think it just always being at the like even though I wasn't doing I wasn't uh like I said of doing a blogging professionally I was always able to say here's my blog here's what I'm doing on it here's my photography here's I mean it's quite probably quite like almost laughable looking back but I, I would always sort of put it on my CV as a sort of just extra interest and it was always something that I remember talking about in job interviews when I got um 
into a digital marketing agency. It was very much like uh, a large part of what I talk about was my blog more than other work experience, I think. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think people sometimes, so a few times I've noticed that you've said like, you know, I'm not a professional blogger. I'm, uh, you know, I've never done it professionally or blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people will say that. But what does a professional blogger look like? Because to me, your blog has led you to the career that you're in now. You have it on your CV, and if it was something you talked about in a large part in your job interviews, then to me, kind of, that it, it is professional, isn't it? You took your blog professionally. Yeah. Did you always take your blog professionally? Or, I mean, I'm using professionally in the way that I mean it, in terms of I, your blog has led to your career as part of your career as part of your story. Have you always yeah, thought about it like that? I think... I think I see what you mean. I think probably quite quickly I saw it as more of a portfolio, as yeah. it were. Even yeah, not necessarily for like I'm not. I, I guess the reason I don't say like it was professional is like I'm not. I wasn't a photographer or a particular. I wouldn't have even. I never had a particular niche. Yeah. I just used it as a way to sort of show off a variety of skills. Yeah, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, whether that's just sort of the technical side and the more creative side as well, um, because I think I was always interested in both as well. I think I was always a bit of a geek about, um, like, again, not that I'm any sort of expert, but just trying to, especially more older blog formats, you know, the coding and yeah. the like, like playing around with the back end of stuff. And yeah. I think I was always that side of things as well. So, yeah, I guess I saw it as a overall um there's just so much that goes into being a blogger whether you're you're right whether obviously you're getting paid for it or not I think it was just always a way to sort of yeah like showcase a lot of different skills that probably stand you in good stead and especially then when you're going into a career in digital marketing yeah I think it really shows that understanding of um promoting your posts and using social media and connecting with the community so yeah definitely I think it really, really does. You've touched on a really important point because I think that everything I've, the job that I do now is because I started a blog. Even when I look back at those early posts and cringe at my terrible photography or, you know, whatever, (laughs) it's so awkward. (laughs) But even, you know, that was all a training ground that has led me to where I am now. It honed my writing skills, it honed my photography skills. And then there's all the extra bits that you've just talked about, like promoting your posts. Um, engaging and creating a community and um, trying things out um, on like WordPress to see like fiddling with bits of code to make your blog look the way you want it to these are all really valuable skills that I mean it's led to you people pay you to do this for them so I mean if anyone's out there starting a blog and thinking oh you know I don't want to be a full-time blogger but I hope this can turn into a career I feel like I want to say yes it can like look at Charlie <laughs> you're the perfect example of yeah, it I think that's true yeah and I think it was never a I guess I didn't have particular ambitions to do make it on my own as a blogger but yeah, yeah like I wanted a career in or again I probably wouldn't have called it even digital marketing back then I, I just it was such a new thing that but I think I, again I went into roles where um working for sort of other small companies that just we're kind of figuring things out as well so yeah. I guess that's kind of just helps to get someone on board that has that sort of um 
yeah, just taking that initiative really and being excited by the whole world of social media and, and yeah. digital marketing and sort of, um, yeah, just being a bit of a geek about it really and, and just <laughs> knowing that it's something that's constantly changing and just really getting into all that. So, um, so yeah, so that was kind of how I sort of got into it's it in the first journey. place. Yeah, yeah. So think, what, um, sorry, go on. No, no, you, you carry on. <laughs> so, what, so let's talk about your freelance career but in relation to your blog what have been and I ask this of everybody what what's been the biggest stumbling blocks and what have been the biggest growth game changes and things like that but I guess perhaps it'd be interesting to know what's something that you found was super helpful in your blog kind of transferable to what you do now like was there something you hit upon a tutorial or or a particular way of doing things with your blog that you now like that's one of your tried and tested things that you do to your clients hmm. um, it's a bit of a weird I'm question not, sorry <laughs> I'm not sure I guess the only thing I'd say in terms of it not being for my blog is if I probably would actually say what I found is that I've been able to have client work that I would now use the other way around Mm -hmm. because I think and I I think I remember when you spoke to a social media manager before I'm certainly that cliche of like my blog always takes back seat when I've been doing (laughs) this work when I was working working full-time as part of a digital marketing agency I I very rarely had that time at the end of a 40-hour week to do it Um, and then you know you'd think being freelance I always thought, oh, I'll do more blogging, but obviously it doesn't work like that as well because you're yeah. constantly trying to keep up with clients. So I guess my the mainstay of experience has probably come through client work, yeah. and then there's probably things that I would now do that I know I should do for myself. You know, oh, very much interesting. like probably, like what probably would. Oh gosh, yeah. uh, <laughs> put you on the spot now. I think just obviously with client work and working with a variety of creative businesses and bloggers very much would um like uh, be more aware of that consistency and how important that is and how important blogging is for business and for um, consistency of uh like posting or consistency of voice or like all of the above yeah all of it really yeah I think um I think it's certainly something that I've always found easier to do for clients than myself really yeah. so I suppose that's it's always um been something that I consider more as a sort of background hobby that I know I could uh, spend a lot more time on but for clients it's sort of not you know it's, it's not a choice is it you're just well, sort yeah. of doing the work yeah yeah it's more like um yeah you sort of are aware of the importance of of um yeah keeping the consistency across all those channels and yeah and how to promote things properly and how to create strategies and schedules etc etc but it's probably not something done for myself as much (laughs) (laughs) yeah no tell me about it um I think we're all a little bit guilty of do as I say not as I do (laughs) oh definitely (laughs) Because it's so easy, isn't it? I, you know what? If you've got bills to pay, client work does come first. So my rule has always been client work comes first. Who's paying me comes first. My blog comes second. Or, you know, the parts of my blog that I'm not paid for come second always. I think because it is quite easy to get carried away with things, especially when you're freelance. I found that having that expanse of time, you can fill it with rubbish or you can fill it with clients. <laughs> and you will fill it. Yeah. 
kind of either way yeah. you will fill it um in terms yeah, of yeah and it's amazing how you do fill it as well like yeah. you know even when the work isn't there I think it's um yeah I think that's certainly something I've almost struggled with as well is, is that like uh constant sort of striving to be working and mm. to, to be doing productive work which isn't always you know uh does that make sense like yeah totally in... totally yeah I've I'm I'm terrible for I mean bullet journaling actually has been really really good because um, it's kept me a little bit more on track and obviously technically I'm still on maternity leave but I am going back month um so I'm in that stage of oh shit I don't have any clients I've just finished mm-hmm. a contract and I need to kind of get back into that but, but I have been having that dreamy nine months of filling my time with creative projects like the podcast and things that don't pay me and stuff that I just want to do but you will fill the time <laughs> so prioritize yeah. so in terms of finding clients how have you found that did you when you went freelance was there when you press the button were like hey I'm gonna go freelance was there a point when you were like yeah I'm ready to do it now um and if so what was what was that point? Well, no, because I got made redundant, actually. Ah, yes, so, of course you did. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, no, no, it was just, um, I think that is sort of certainly something that's been part of my journey that's probably uh, set me it off differently than perhaps people who have made mm. those decisions to do it. It was something that was on my mind, and especially, I think, being in our sort of being so inspired by people I see online and, and on Instagram I guess I th- thought it was certainly something I was I would have loved to have done just to, to sort of have made that jump but to actually do it I mean people are so brave to do it without that push mm. because uh, yeah I think like it's such a huge decision to like quit a salary job and actually go to this uh, crazy unknown world but when I got made redundant it did sort of just give me that it's been something that was on my mind and very quickly I got a couple of leads and I thought you know why not give this a go um but obviously I was starting from absolutely not having a plan not having a sort of uh yeah a safety net in place exactly um of what I was going to do but I, I thought at the same time that it was an opportunity that I really wanted to take yeah. and see where it could um and yeah so it's kind of been a year of very much scrambling through it all really because mm. I didn't have any of that I think trying to sort of chase your tail but I think as well it's a very important thing for people to realize because it's not just like some dreamy freestyle like freelancing life where I've been like you know having all the clients and stuff you are constantly trying to figure out how to make that happen at mm. first um yeah so and what have you found uh, the most terms, helpful thing in terms of finding clients yeah I think well so right at the start it was very much a case of word of mouth mm-hmm. and free connections that I'd made and um through friends and sort of knowing other people who were in the sort of industry who perhaps couldn't do freelance work themselves sort of thing so yeah it was very much how things started mm. and that was great and then I think there was definitely a period in the last sort of after the first few months where I definitely realized obviously that wasn't going to be enough and that you have to sort of put yourself out there and push yourself more yeah. um, and I think there was certainly a period where I felt quite stuck 
in that like I wasn't exactly sure where to go and how to do it even though obviously it's kind of that ironic thing again where it's like I do digital marketing so I, I know all the theory but mm-hmm. again, putting it into practice yeah. <laughs> it suddenly becomes so much harder and um, yeah so I think what I did was sort of have to um, have a bit of a period of reassessing what I was actually doing which is kind of when I developed my own website I think at first it was kind of just a page on my blog and I'd sort of just put the feelers out there and let people know it was what I was doing but I think when I found myself in a bit of a rut with it and and I think I hadn't had any new leads for a while and I was feeling quite a little bit depressed by it all and Mm -hmm. very like what am I doing and yeah and then I sort of yeah just uh, creating my website really helped me um to get some focus on what it was that I actually wanted to do and what I wanted to offer yeah um I've heard that from other people as well actually create and I think maybe it's a case of that it sets an intention in yourself a little bit that you're like yeah you know what this is my job I need a separation from my blog because it's not just an add-on to my hobby I'm a professional this is my business and I do really really think that there's little steps that you can take as a freelancer that are quite they're almost like micro steps that shift your thinking like having a business account and only spending you know if 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 me and you met for coffee for example and we're chatting about work paying for that coffee with my business card as opposed to my normal card it's such a small shift and I found little things like that they really do shift your mindset and it I found that that really helps I don't know if you found that no, no, absolutely. I think um, I think it just gave me the like confidence yeah. in what it was I was doing, and not and just like being able to have a bit more of that. Um, yeah, it is being professional. It is setting yourself aside from your hobby, mm-hmm. especially because it's um, I don't know. It's like this. Uh, it's so many different things you do, and I think I'd, I'd definitely gone through. Um, and all I have this whole year, to be honest, I think it's like just as much as you can plan things out and as much as you would like to say this is the grand idea and the plan you also do have to just do what becomes available Mm -hmm. and you do have to just do the work that sometimes is in front of you and Mm. um and for the price that you get also like you know the pricing is so hard and like Mm. having to do it it's like it I know you know you can listen to all the brilliant podcasts about like your business plan and not pricing yourself too low but then at the end of the day you also just sometimes just need to do the work and like get it done so I think I um, couldn't agree more I think that's I was talking to a friend about this just yesterday or the day before about setting rates and that's something that I always endlessly struggle with because there's a case of not obviously selling yourself too short and knowing your worth and all those sort of things. And yeah, I, I, we probably listen to the same podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when I listen to Being Boss and I'm like, oh, you know, raise your prices, do this, do that. And, and but that's fine. But if, you're, if your price is set so high that you're like, yeah, oh my God, that's amazing if I do get it. But actually nobody wants to pay that price. You're essentially, mm. it's, it's, it's a moot point really, isn't it? It's just arbitrary. Um setting rates I found to be really difficult I think it's yeah it's definitely been one of the major things I've struggled with this year and like I think it is for everybody Mm. because it's so hard to figure out and yeah definitely uh, people like being boss and you know there are all like these like great equations Mm. that are like you know you should 
include your you know your your technology and your holiday pay and your sick leave and it's like great cool but yeah no one's gonna pay that yeah also the sort of clients that I want to work with and the sort of clients that I've been working with are kind of people similar to me in that they're small business owners running you know working for themselves um and having to pass that on as well so it's it's a hard one because that's been one of the things I've enjoyed the most about um working for myself is being able to choose my clients and being able to work with mm. those sort of people but again they're not going to be the big business clients that can afford to pay yeah. a large retainer um so yeah it's a really hard balance and I certainly don't know what the answer is to that one in terms of um making it work I think you just got to uh you've got to go with your gut a little bit haven't you yeah. and I and that's yeah. that's a really good point when you kind of so you're quite niche in terms of you work with small creative businesses or small businesses mm. anyway um and and you want to hone in on your kind of dreamy clients like the that's a very Jen Carrington way of saying it <laughs> you could tell I've done coaching with her <laughs> she helped me so much with setting my rates and yeah mm. so like when you want to work with uh clients that are small businesses that maybe don't have that money you don't want to price them out you don't yeah I completely agree with you um so setting setting your rates is tough and it's full of like so many different variables it's just how long is a piece of string really isn't it I think you've got to be happy yourself um you've got to factor in things like how many clients you physically can do in a month um and set your pricing a bit that way as well because um, I know for me, I took on when I first started and when I was doing kind of social media management and things like that and a bit more digital marketing, my price was really low. So obviously I got quite a lot of clients. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I, I can't handle these clients and I'm not doing a very good job at any of them. But the sum of their parts make up a decent income. But yeah, I'm yeah. kind of doing a shit job at everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's so um, easy to fall into that trap mm. because you end up then feeling a little bit undervalued perhaps mm. and also having to perform like pre- above and beyond almost what you're being paid for because mm. you know you can do a better job and yes. it's like it's really hard and like you said and then you end up with lots of clients almost too many it is yeah. finding that balance of life because it's such a um, varied job social mm. media that I think end up doing so many different things oh, and totally, um yeah. yeah so it's certainly but again like you know I've only been doing it a year so it's I'm kind of in that whole um place where it's just been a very steep learning curve mm-hmm. and I think yeah so you know it's only really in the last I guess it's only really in the last I don't know like the last part of this year that I feel like again especially since launching my website and getting a better idea of what I wanted to hone in on mm-hmm. and what I can offer those clients um that it certainly gave me the confidence to sort of whether it's pricing or or just being more sort of um yeah confident in my skills because again it's so um it's a bit ridiculous because I think as soon as you're on your own doing it you suddenly forget that actually you've got a lot of experience working on all sorts for years you know all that it does sort of it is really hard to sort of muster that confidence of yeah. really knowing your worth and knowing the value and being able to stick to that uh yeah I think it, it takes a lot of uh 
yeah confidence to yeah. do that really and where do you like it's hard isn't it you kind of need especially when you work from home and you're by yourself um I was again talking to a friend who is basically one of my business besties um which is a very mm. being boss term but it's true like I think you need to have someone like that that you can somebody who actually is in the industry that you can talk to one of the places that I've found that community has been Instagram for sure mm. um that's where I check in with other people doing the same sort of things that I'm doing and like shoot ideas off and you know there's a real creative like buzz in Instagram and you will find your tribe that way and going back a little bit to your freelance business and starting it and all the things that you've learned from your blog you mentioned you like you do forget how how many skills that you have um have you decided a little bit to like, or how did you decide to niche in on the things that you wanted to offer to clients, the things that you knew you were amazing at, or the things that you knew you, you wanted to do more of? And to be honest, it's, services. yeah, I think it's, it's something that's certainly still evolving or mm. will do when I'm back at work. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's an interesting one because I think you can over, you can overthink what people need or like you can certainly put on to potential clients what you think they might want create packages and I in my experience I've really found it's it's not worked like that um, as much as it would be nice to just uh, yeah sell particular packages it's it just seems like most people need a bespoke service really so I think I've just often taken the lead from what people need and it's just been constantly evolving my services to to fit that really um which I appreciate again it's probably not the best way around to do it but I just think it's so hard to do it the other way because yeah I things agree. change and marketing changes and, and social media changes so quickly and mm. I think I one thing I didn't want to do coming back off sort of working for more like digital agencies where you might sell a package of this mm. many Facebook posts, this many tweets, et cetera, et cetera. I think I don't find that a, a particularly successful strategy necessarily. I, I want to be able to evolve, um, even that probably is a bit more work in the long run. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's I think, exactly um, the right way around doing things. And people shouldn't be scared of that either, should they? They should, like, test things out. You're not going to know what a client wants until you test out a little bit. Start your website, put some rudimentary packages on there, but then tweak it. It's fine. It's not nothing set in stone. Yeah, that definitely is something I would say to like, yeah, friends and anyone sort of writing their packages is just do it, write them, make them sound awesome, but don't also like expect them to be what you're necessarily selling. Yes. It's just not been my experience, but I think that is maybe something that you comes the more you hone it and hone it. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm sort of quite early on in that sort of process, really. So it's sort of every new client has bought something different that perhaps has. Uh, and sometimes I've found that I've had inquiries for things that, you know, aren't necessarily something I would have thought that I would have done back along or, you know, like. Um, so recently I've sort of definitely been doing a bit more of the consultations mm-hmm. and the mentoring and just that's the sort of side I love so that's certainly something been honing in on myself and, and wanting to do more of is um you know sitting down with people and thrashing out their strategies yeah. and helping them create 
sort of schedules and strategies for themselves yeah. and being part of um yeah but at the same time I also offer sort of day-to-day stuff yeah it really varies in terms of what people need so I think it is just being open to that yeah. and like I said like changes so much mm. it is such a constantly changing uh yeah landscape isn't it sort yeah, of marketing absolutely. and social media so you have to just be able to change and I think that's probably where working for yourself as a freelancer and um and being self-employed compared to being an agency you have that ability to change and yeah. adapt quickly yeah. as I think agencies don't and yeah I've been yeah I wouldn't say it. it's like why I got made redundant but I think it's like I think it's part probably part of it, isn't see, it? The... I've seen a lot of I can see that a lot of agencies um, over the last sort of maybe years have, have had to change. Mm. And for them, that probably means getting rid of staff and changing their, you know, changing their um, setup as as what they're offering mm. to large clients. But while they all sort of, I think they went for a phase of, of offering everything and now they're having to diversify and, and be more specific. Whereas, mm. you know, as an individual, you can do that on a much easier basis, right? You can just sort of change your packages overnight if you want to. Yeah. So yeah totally yeah that's a really good point I mean that is one of the joys isn't it of being self-employed is having all that freedom to mix up your business drop a service if you want or learn a new skill or whatever um going back to social media a little bit how what's uh, I think I know the answer (laughs) what is your favorite form of social media to promote your blog to use to work with clients on well yeah it's definitely in the <laughs> Shop. Yeah. um has it always been that way have you been an early adopter of instagram or and everybody like check out charlie's beautiful feed your handle will be in the show notes yeah, thank you yeah um it wasn't i don't know if i was early i think i've got very similar to everyone else really very much like used it as a uh just social networking tool for a while as well you know just personal um yeah and and then it just sort of slowly morphed into becoming more of a yeah promotional tool but also more of a passion and something I worked on as a sort of separate it certainly at some point took over from blogging I think where it became my focus and again I think that's quite common a lot of people um on a a more personal sort of creative level anyway like that I stopped worrying about whether or not I'd blogged in ages because I think I was posting to Instagram regularly and it became sort of my yeah my my main creative outlet definitely Mm. and what has what has been kind of your favorite things to do on Instagram or your biggest um growth tips yeah um well I think if anyone's playing like what she said bingo obviously I did Sarah's yeah. Master's course yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea maybe I can market it what she said bingo <laughs> yeah I think we've ticked a few of them off today already Probably. yeah um, yeah so I think um that was obviously and I did that do you know that coincided with around the time I had just been made redundant and was thinking of you know trying to make being self-employed work um and so I think that really helped it was something at that stage actually not only because it was such a, a brilliant course obviously and um it really helped but I think it really helped have something to focus on that was for me and that felt like I was investing in in something that could help me promote my business but also just 
hone my sort of skills on it and just yeah so that was a really nice timing for me um to um yeah so certainly that was I think a turning point uh for for just sort of really making it something a bit more than just uh like yeah just doing it on on more of a whim it certainly made me think about the whole thing more strategically Mm. but um yeah Sarah's course is amazing um we were both on the insta retreat weren't we the same were we at the same time yeah. or were you the one before me, I think, or I can't remember? I think I did first. Yes, one. yeah, I was on the second. Um, but it really is just one of the best courses, e-courses that I've ever done because even though it's an e-course and you obviously do it at your own pace, the input Sarah has um, in your development, she's really, really involved. You don't, you do feel like you're getting a bit of mentoring as well. She's, she's just she's awesome yeah obviously I'm a huge fangirl of hers and she's in the last episode of the last series (laughs) so listen to it (laughs) after you've listened to this one (laughs) and also the the community off the back of it is something that I found just so supportive like yeah meeting people like yourself and and so many of like the people I would now consider like yeah my my Instagram friends like it just a lot of that was around that time and it was so supportive Mm. um and I think that certainly made a difference and I guess before doing the course just Sarah's content and Sarah's blog I think I remember really um I remember reading one of her blogs about like white balance and Mm. that was kind of again probably being a bit more like geeky side of things I think that I remember that being a bit of a change for thinking oh like you know I could be looking at this in a more technical way like Mm. you know just sort of um your gallery feed and stuff so yeah I don't know when that would have been but I certainly think yeah I I think like most of us there's probably a point if you scrolled back that you can suddenly see Uh, that sort of decision to try and make it something a bit more totally yeah yeah. it's but it's the it's the when the cringe factor of your post suddenly drops (laughs) drops <laughs> for me anyway and I'm like oh yeah exactly yeah get it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah suddenly but um, I'm not like I'm not someone who deletes deletes those things I no, quite like having either. them there yeah. like you know it's, it shows your progression doesn't it I so, think so it's important yeah. and nobody really scrolls back that far I mean if they do then they're totally welcome to but um yeah. no one I, it doesn't fuss me I like I like going back to it as well and, and what has been the biggest stumbling block for your blog or your business kind of aside from confidence because I think we've talked a little bit about how confidence can hold you back but um has there been anything else that's really held you back well I suppose it's like confidence is probably the stem of Mm. most of those things anyway but I think I think just having that clear vision I guess like we've touched on as well and feeling a bit stuck for a while um was probably the biggest stumbling block for me but um like who said I sort of um probably covered sort of how I, I worked my way out of that mostly by sort of just yeah trying relaunching my website and having um thing I think yeah I think just dealing with everything on your own can be quite uh taxing <laughs> like you know to, it can be quite lonely can't it to be yeah and not just the loneliness because I think I deal with all that quite I like quite like working from home on my mm. own I actually like never particularly enjoyed being part of an office so mm. I think if that's really suits me but um I think having to wear all those hats mm. is sometimes something that it 
it's hard because like no one has well I mean you know you've got to learn about it I don't think anyone really has all those skills in one person you know there's a lot of different things you might suit one part of it but that doesn't mean like you're great at the 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 admin side of things or or having to put you know like I think certainly when doing your own taxes (laughs) that stuff and just keeping on top of those things and also just um, just like for me I think having to put on the account manager hat sometimes you know like different ways that you can speak to clients as Mm. well and like have to manage like you know obviously it's going back to pricing but I do think that's like an important one but there have definitely been times where you yeah as much as I felt like I don't need the team I would quite like to have been like oh it'd be nice to have an account manager to like this side of things you know or to yeah yeah, to make that initial thing so that's a really good um, point because it because you do you it's really hard as well when it's your business and it's your name it's really hard to separate your own personal feelings and be like actually you know what this client I, I need to set more boundaries with this client or and not or you know I haven't done a very good job with this one or I've done an amazing one with this one and they still haven't paid me or you know whatever there is that side of it yeah, that nobody really talks about and being able to bounce ideas off someone who you know isn't just your husband who does a different job to you <laughs> he's uh, yeah so yeah, I was going to say, because um, when you mentioned your business diversity, that has been something that's been uh, like really important uh, for helping me this year is I have uh, had regular meetups with a, uh, today, and we call them like account- accountability partners yes. or mutual thing or whatever it is. Yeah, we never really know what to call it. But I meet up with, um, yeah, a really good friend, Frankie, who um, uh, runs a blog, blog called Love Audrey, mm-hmm. and she it's been freelancing for years um and yeah so we just have like regular meetups once a month um we live near each other and so we have them in face to face which has been great um and that's just been so helpful yeah because it's like we really do sit down and just like talk about our goals talk about what we're struggling with talk about things like yeah the pricing and clients and just dealing with all of it and, and what we're, where we want to be and yeah, all of it really but yeah. like have just a, a nice catch-up every month and um yeah that's certainly something I would recommend for people as well like just find someone and I think it's great to do like to have a lot of people like that like you said like on Instagram like mm-hmm. I have so many people that I turn to and like have a little chat about bits that I'm struggling with but I think it's really also a really good thing to have someone specific that you can and be honest with about stuff you know mm. like I think we're just very honest with each other and and um obviously like keep each other's confidence and yeah. keep each other's um yeah just cheer each other on really yeah. and as well it's been really nice to have that I think that is a top tip Thank you so, so, so much for being part of the podcast. Where can everybody find you online? Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks. So, um, yeah, I'm underscore Charlie Swift on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere. And my blog is onceaglimpse.com. Um, but, Great maximum. Yeah. Marks on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, showing my music <laughs> session. Yeah, so um, that's my blog, and but my uh, website is charlieswift.com as well for my digital marketing services. Um, but obviously, I'm on maternity leave from now. Yeah, so, um, exciting. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks for listening to What She Said. If you liked this episode or any of the other episodes, then please think about leaving me a rating and a review on iTunes because it really helps get the show out to other awesome creators like you and it's a little bit of an ego boost for me too. (laughs) If you want to connect with me, you can find me over on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, everywhere (laughs) at Wanderloo's blog or just head over to my blog, wanderloose.com, which is also where you can find the show notes for every single episode too. I love hearing what you think about the show, if it's good. And I reply, I try to reply to each and every one of you. Thanks for listening and come back again next week. Yeah.